gave his life on Calvary to save a rich like me. I heard about his glory, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Hey, Google, you can turn the music off. All right, y'all. So let's get it popping. Let's get it popping. Um, today we are going to talk about victory in Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, my name is Samaria M. Colbert. I am the founder of Kingdom Creative Counseling. I'm a licensed therapist. I'm a published author, and I help people to get free, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally free through Jesus Christ. Let's get it popping. Today, again, we're going to talk about victory in Jesus. Um, I've been gone for quite a bit. Um, I'm doing a live. I don't know when I'm going to do another one after this. Um, but I thought to I thought to do this one because this is uh, very near and dear to my heart. So let me tell you the format about which I'm going to uh, talk today. I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm not just going to teach you, but I'm going to prophetically declare the word of God. And then I'm going to tell you what you should do. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the format is going to be, I'm going to tell you, one, why you have victory in Jesus. Okay. Simple statement, one or two sentences, why you have victory in Jesus. However, when I make a statement, I always have to preface it on the word of God because it's the word of God that will change you, transform you, and it's the only thing that's not a lie. People will lie. <laughs> people will lie, and then people will lie. And then, you know, books and philosophies and, 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 and um, what is it, knowledge from man, uh, man's wisdom will lie. But God's word will never. And so it's so important that you have a, a, a word from God, not just a, not just his word, but a realm of word, which is a word that's directly to you. So I'm going to give you uh, why you have victory. Then I'm going to give you the scriptural reference. OK, and then I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. My pastor told us, uh, taught us about declaring the decrees of the Lord. So I'm just going to declare what God has says uh, prophetically that uh, you have victory. Why is this important? So I'll be honest with y'all. Um, I'm doing well, like, you know what I'm saying? Your girl got a whole, like, doctor degree and stuff, and she got this business that's popping, and I started going through some things and um, some struggles that I had not anticipated and um, some attacks, some dirt, some, foolish, some foolishness and some dirt, y'all, some dirt that I did not ask for, nor did I um, uh, bring on to myself, basically, and some attacks. And I'm just being honest, that's what it was. It was some attacks against my character, against who I am, what I do, whatever, whatever. And um, I had to, uh, I always do this anyway. I seek God, I pray, God, what's my next move? God, what's my next step? God, you know, God, my steps, God, my purpose. Like, let me be in your will at any given way. I don't really make major moves until I do uh, the will of God. Not that I'm perfect, not that I'm super Christian. I just learned uh, how my success is really not because I'm so smart or because I'm bigger or better or because I have it all together. But my success really has more to do with the fact that I heard from, I hear from God and that I move forward. Um, 
And sometimes that, that may put people in controversy, believe it or not, because when everyone's going left and you're going right because you heard from God, then people don't always understand that. But honestly, my success in life, my success in uh, where God has brought me from has to do with just really seeking God. I'm not the most smartest person. I'm not the most intelligent person. I don't think I'm all that. Yes, I do have a business, but I don't. It's come through struggle, but I'm, I don't think I'm bigger or better than anyone else. I just learned to seek God and say, God, what is your will? God, what do you want me to do? I can't do this without you. The truth of the matter is if I wasn't for God, I'm someone who struggled or struggled with fear. And if if I didn't hear from God or if God didn't deliver me, then I wouldn't do anything. Like I wouldn't have accomplished some of the things I've accomplished. So I say all that to say in context of even when, me, when I um, struggle or I go through things or I'm, I'm attacked in certain ways or people um, lie against my character or whatever it is they do, I just go back to the source. I go back to God because everything that I have is because of him. You know what I mean? And so I always have a practice even now of just talking to God because. But then when I go through stuff, I still talk to God because, because he has the answer. And so when I begin to speak today, when I declare, I'm speaking to myself, but I want to give you words that God told me, that God gave me. And uh, I, all I can do is believe God. And all you can do is believe God. You can't convince other people to believe God. You can't complete, um, what am I, Pastor? You can't, um, you can't expect a liar to tell the truth. So you can't get truth from a liar, but you know, the word of God is true. And what we have to do and what I have to do and what you have to do and all of us have to do if we're going to be successful in Christ, in Christ, because you can be successful in life and not be successful in Christ is have a personal relationship with God and begin to seek him. I was listening to a great man of God preach recently, uh, the first, first two minutes, and he said, you do not have a personal relationship with God. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says that. And I'm like, well, what Bible are you reading? Because according to the Bible, <laughs> from Genesis to Revelations, there's examples upon examples upon examples of people who had a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. That's why we confess Jesus according to scripture into our hearts so we can have a relationship with him. Now that relationship always has to be in context with other people. So if you say, I have a relationship with God, but I can't hang out with other Christians and I can't go to church and all these kind of things. You may not necessarily have a relationship with God because that's what the Bible says, but you do have a relationship with God. Okay. So let's talk about this victory in Jesus. Why do we need to know this? Because sometimes you go through things. We're going through things right now in COVID. Um, there are people have lost their jobs. I have counseled so many people who have lost family members. Sometimes it's hard being there, but it really is. Um, because the devastation, it's like we hear it, we see it, and we have to walk people through it. And then on the other end, we have to, on our own stuff, like as, as we're experiencing certain things, we have to still do our own work. Um, and in some cases, even seek our own therapist. Um, so I've counseled so many people who've lost things, lost jobs, are afraid. I've counseled people who said, my neighbor passed away, my whole neighbor, the whole family had COVID. Blah, blah, blah. And, um, and what do you do? Okay, what do you do when you are in a situation where you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? <laughs> What do you do when you are being attacked on every hand and all you got is a word from God? What you have to know at the end of the day is that you have victory in Jesus. 
See, I remember, I don't know if you ever broke up like an argument between kids. And you say, Johnny, you sit over here. And Johnny and JoJo, you sit over there. And both of y'all don't say that mouth, uh, uh, mouth to each other. And the woman said, well, you, you're taking his side. And I know I'm not. I want both of y'all to shut up. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is God is on someone's side. People say God don't play favorites, but he does. According to scripture, he does. Let me tell you what God does. When you are a true Christian and when you truly love God and your track record is sure, God is on your side. See, God is not on your enemy's side. He is on your side. And God is going to speak and act on your behalf because he is on your side. Say that again, Samaria. He is not on your enemy's side. He is on your side. Hopefully y'all can hear me okay. Oh, hold on. Let me double check. I usually check. Um, let me check here. He is on your side. Uh-oh. Can y'all hear me? Ah, hold on. Give me one minute. I think y'all can. Uh, I like to check myself. So I can, okay, there it is. Okay, so y'all can hear me. So God is on somebody's side. Let's play. Let's 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 just let's just be that very clear. And so what happens is people can do things to you and against you, but they don't realize that they are technically opposing God. Uh, in scripture, I have scripture to back it up. So what happens is God will advocate and speak for you because uh, because the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Okay, so God will, but you have to stand on what God said. You have to be a believer of God. This is what you said. I am a real true, tried and true Christian because everybody talking Jesus ain't going to heaven. That's just, that's, that's scripture to everybody. That's not scripture. <laughs> uh, it's not that, that's, that's not the, the actual scripture, but it is scripture that everyone who talks, you know, who says I'm a Christian is not necessarily going to heaven. That's why the Bible says in Matthew, uh, on judgment day, someone said, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not pray in your name? Did we not do this in your name? Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So everybody talking Jesus ain't going to heaven is AKA Samaria's terminology, but it's still scripture. <laughs> everybody ain't talk, this talk of Jesus, uh, is not really uh, going to heaven. The other thing about that is everything, everyone that says God said, God said, God said, ain't really heard from God. That's why they told us that COVID will be over by June. And here we are in October. Guess what? COVID is not going to be over by December either. Okay. So they're telling us all these things that God said, God said, God said, God never say that. Not that they heard off. I mean, it's not that God didn't mean what he said. Not that we didn't do what we're supposed to. No, God never said that. So everyone, so you have to know what God has said to you because someone else said, no, God said such and such. And God, God didn't say that. And so it's important to know what did God say to you? God says you have victory in Jesus. And sometimes this is what I've had to do. I've had to go back and say, now, God, I know that I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this till I heard from you. Now, remind me again, did you say that, God? Or is my term up here, God? Or did I do, did I, did I mistake you, God? You go back to God and say, God, what did you really say? Did you say what you said? I, I know I heard you, but I need to hear another word. And that's okay, too. And God will remember. He will put you in remembrance of him and what he already said. All right. <sighs> all right. Let me not get on tangents. <laughs> I think I already did it. But that's okay. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. All right. For those who can, this is going to be on YouTube. Make sure you like it, subscribe, and then uh, share it. Okay. Uh, for those the YouTubers, this is this is live right now. I do Facebook, but I'm going to put it on YouTube as well. Okay. So why do I have victory in Jesus? First of all, I have victory in Jesus because I am a true, tried, and true child of God. 
Okay, I'm not I'm not a faker. I'm not a I'm not I'm not a, a, a child of God. And I'm, when I say I, I mean you. We we you. If you hopefully you really are a child of God, so you can claim this promise. But because you are a tried and true child of God. Okay, the Bible talks about in the scripture how you know them by their fruits, and you know who really loves God, who really does not love God, who really has a relationship with God based upon their fruit. See, I have produced fruit. You understand? Not just in life, not just in business, but my character, my heart is towards the heart of the, the Father. I am a child of God. You are, point to yourself, I am a real child of God. Okay, that means I have a real relationship with God. That means God really does speak to me. That means he really is in my heart. I try to treat people the way I want to be, the way I want to be treated because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of me and he won't let me treat people any old kind. But I am a tried and true, real child of God, not a faker. Not to play games or type of people, not to talk behind your back and gossip. I am a child of God. And guess what you can say? I am a child of God. So because I am a child of God, I can claim the promises of God. If I'm not a real child of God, I claim, can't claim this promise. What does this promise say? The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, write that down. Isaiah 54, 17. I'm going to read it to you. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn now when i say tongues i mean i i i clarify what do you mean by tongues lord people that come and get you in actions words and deeds so their actions are against you their words are against you talking trash about you they come against your character say things you did that you didn't ever say so you did such and such and such and such so that's a, that's an action against you that's a tongue against you so actions words and deeds okay and so, but the Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage. What the heritage, the heritage is, it, it is my, it is my, not my obligation, but it is my reward. It is what belongs to me. It is my, my rightful position as what of, ser of servants of the Lord, a true child of God. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So no weapon. So when God never said that weapons wouldn't form against you, he said they will not prosper. So let me just say this. There are people who are sitting there mad. Why doesn't my business work out? And why did this happen to me? But, you know, sometimes we just go through things because we go through things. God is trying to take us to another level. Sometimes, you know, it's just life. Life is a part of going through things. There are some people who go through things because they mistreated you. They don't know how to treat children of God. And God says, oh, okay, no weapon formed against my child shall prosper. So since you want to be nasty against my child, I'm going to make sure you don't prosper. Let the church say amen. So according to uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So this is my declaration. Remember those who come in late. I said, I'm going to give you what, what uh, why you have victory in Jesus. I'm going to give you the scripture and then I'm going to declare it prophetically. So I declare according to Isaiah 54, 17, everyone under the sound of my voice, including myself, everyone, every Everyone under the sound of my voice, weapons that have come against you through word, actions, deeds, people, uh, whatever it is that's coming against you, sickness, disease, anything that's coming against you, it will not succeed in the name of Jesus. Every weapon is going back to where it belongs to and it is not going to succeed. Okay, now that's declaration number one. Now, let me remind you of this again. It never said that weapons won't, won't form. So you can't get in fear. Oh my God, what am I going to do when weapons form? They're going to form. They will not prosper. So hopefully you received that declaration. Say, I, I, I received 
uh, seminary that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, regardless of what it looks like around me. All right. Point number two, why do I have victory in Jesus? Because it is God who has planted me. Um, there's an old saying that goes, um, you will bloom where God has planted. You will bloom where God has planted. You're not going to bloom where you plant yourself. You're not going to bloom outside of the will of God. You will bloom where God has planted you. So we have to be clear where I am right now in life, uh, with the job I'm at, where, you know, anything in I, the state I'm in, I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina right now because God has planted me here. I didn't just decide I wanted to be here because it was nice. Like, yeah, technically for me, I love the beach. So if I really wanted to go someplace, I probably would have went to the beach. Not when I went to the beach, some other beach, but I'm just saying I would have went to the beach. <laughs> so um, I say that in context of this. So when you're in your prayer time, God, am I going through this because I'm outside of your will? Did I plant myself somewhere that you did not plant me? Now, if you know, if God says, no, uh, daughter, son, I planted you here. If you know that this is where God has sent you, then you know that you will have victory regardless of what it looks like. You will have victory because you are where God has planted you. Scriptural reference, Isaiah 55, 11, God says, uh, well, in the, in the context, context, okay, above the scripture, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. As far as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts from your thoughts. But he says, when I send my word, it's going to prosper where I send it, okay? So Isaiah 55, 11 says this, so shall my word goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please it, and it will prosper in the place where I sent it. So you had victory in Jesus because you are where God has sent you, regardless of like, did God send you there? And this is like, yes, I have victory in Jesus because I am where God has sent me and I'm where he has planted me. So according to Isaiah 55, 11, I declare in the name of Jesus that I have victory right now. And you have victory right now because you are where God has planted you. And because you are where God has planted you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Hopefully somebody say I receive. Amen. Say I receive. All right. Let's go on to point number three. Okay. We're not going to be long, but we're going to be, uh, we're going to be thorough. Okay. Uh, what's the next, what's the next declaration? Why do I have victory uh, in Jesus? Because God has not changed his mind concerning you. God has not changed his mind concerning you. Now people will change their mind. That's why I don't put a whole lot of, uh, uh, what have um, I shouldn't say trust. I don't put a lot of uh, um, uh, uh, whatever trust. I guess I don't know. Put <laughs> I can't think of another word. I, I don't put a whole lot of oomph and what people say. Like you can't say something to me, and I automatically you believe off top. Particularly if your fruit is all. Like you understand? Yeah, me people like they always they got all these grand ideas. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And they have no fruit. This is why I don't put a lot of oomph into people. You understand? I'm not saying I don't trust people, but there's some people that prove it in their life to be untrustworthy. So, but the Bible says that he has not changed his mind concerning you. That means people will change their mind. One minute people will like you, the next minute they won't. Some people, you know, they one minute they put you on a pedestal. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for being there for me. And next minute they throw in a side eye. Like, between all that though. 
people will change their mind. Guess what, y'all? People will change their mind, but you'll change your mind uh, about people. There's some people that maybe when you were uh, like when younger, you really liked them. Even like a single woman, there's some ty types of guys that you may have liked when you're younger, but now that you've gotten older and you've matured, you change your mind. You don't like crazy. <laughs> it, 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 it ain't part of your it ain't part of your stuff now. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, so but guess what? People have the right to change their mind, no matter how much it hurts. They have the right to change their mind. And guess what? You have the right to change your mind because you outgrow certain situations. You outgrow people. And one of the things I was, you know, talking to God, like, I don't, like, I have, I, I, you know, I'm not mad at the things I've struggled with in life growing up or whatever it is, but that's not, I'm not there anymore. I have outgrown struggle. I have outgrown struggle conversations. I don't want to talk about what you're struggling with, again, unless I'm your therapist, okay, and I'm helping you to work through it. That's a different story for a different time. I don't want to have outside conversations and personal about what you're struggling with and got nothing to do with me and it's not a part of my vocabulary. It's not where I'm going. I'm not struggling. I am trying to to look at and build what's next. God, what you want me to do next? How can I expand this? How can I expand my purpose? How can I grow? How can I learn? How can I teach better? I don't have struggle conversations. Why? I changed my mind. I outgrew it. So people change their mind. And don't get offended. I got a hater because people change their mind. Sometimes they like you. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they nutty. Sometimes they not. People change their mind. But this is what the scripture, and this is why you have victory. Because God does not change his mind concerning you. Now, you can forfeit the prophetic word that God has spoken over your life because you change your mind concerning God. You can say, God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. And that's your prerogative. You can even change your mind concerning God. Ain't that some stuff? And then all people who did that, some people who've gone through so much, they're like, God, I'm, I don't even want to deal with you anymore. Because they don't understand that. But listen, amen. Hey, thank you so much, cousin. Um, but God will change, God will not change his mind concerning you. He respects your right to change your mind. If you said, God, I don't want to love you anymore. God, that breaks God's heart, but he's not going to change his mind. I remember this is years ago, y'all. Um, years ago, I remember I was struggling some. This is years ago. I was struggling some, and I just didn't understand. I thought, God, you could just point your little pinky finger. Like you so God, you so got so much power. You could just you can blow. You could just boop and blow and, and it will be over. It will be done. But you allow me to go through this. And I'm not going to tell you what, I, what I've told God because it was very disrespectful. And I just, well, it was between me and God. But I said something about how I really didn't like God. I, I did. I know. Save Samaria with the, you know what I'm saying, quoting scripture. I said I something. It was it was worse than that. It was really where I didn't like him. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> by the grace of God that I'm still here. But now when I think about it, I was like, oh, Lord, God really loves me. But it was something real nasty. And I remember I heard God's voice. He said, but I still love you. He said, I love you. And I, I thank God for grace because in my anger and in my hurt, because I just thought God was God was holding out on me. Why don't you just, just do it? Just do it. He said, but I still love you. And you know what? I'm glad I'm glad he didn't deliver me out of that situation right away. He did, but not right away because it created an anointing in me. It created a balance. It created a foundation. So when I go through other things, I remember that I don't have to live in bitterness or anger or resentment because of what God allows. I don't have to do that. He still loves me. And just the way same way he got me out of that situation, he'll get me out of this situation. So because God has not changed his mind concerning me, what does the scripture say? So let's do the King James Version. It's 
says, uh, Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He has said, and um, has he not said it? Has he not uh, spoken it? And he will make it good. Okay, that's the King James Version. So let me read the new uh, Living Translation. I thought it was really good, so I'm going to add it to it. Uh, Numbers 23, excuse me, 23, 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. Now, the King James Version says he, uh, he's not a man that he should not lie. So one thing God cannot do is he cannot lie. So he is not a man and he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. So if God told you to do that, God told you to do it. He didn't change, people changed their mind, but God didn't tell, God didn't change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Now he spoke sometimes, and sometimes there's a gap between when he acts, but he's not failed to act. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? God does not, and there's other scriptures, I just put one for the sake of time. God does not change his mind concerning me. God does not change his mind concerning my destiny. God does not change his mind concerning my purpose. God does not change his mind uh, concerning where he has planted me. Therefore, no weapon formed against him shall prosper. But now he has not changed us. I declare and I speak to the discouragement of your heart. For those who are experiencing discouragement, anxiety, worry, and fear, I come against that in the name of Jesus, and I declare to your heart, let your heart posture be this. I declare God has not changed his mind concerning me, and he has not changed his mind concerning you. In the name of Jesus, I receive. What you say when you receive a word from the Lord? Uh, I just say automatically. I'm in church, or when I'm uh, uh, when I'm reading my word, or I'm listening to some teacher or whatever preacher. Or uh, I just I receive. Thank you. <laughs> I receive that word. It's like I catch it and bring it to me. All right. Point number four. Point number four. Why do I have victory in Jesus? Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That is Psalm 35. Just because I cried about it does not mean I don't have victory. Shout out. Oh, I got to get myself. Come on, Samaria. <laughs> Just because I cry about it does not mean I don't have victory. Just because I look defeated does not mean I am defeated. So that simply means that sometimes people do you so dirty and they think because you looking sad or they think they got a, 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 because you don't look like you got victory, that you don't have victory. But understand that weeping is a season, a night season, but joy is going to come because you're going to have an, an, uh, a morning, excuse me, a morning, wake up morning, sunshine season. Weeping may endure. That's only a short time. But joy comes in the morning. So that means God has got the final say. So I declare according to Psalms 35, 30 and 5, chapter 30, verse 5, that my weeping days are over and my joy is here now. I declare to you, your weeping days are over and your joy is here now. In the name of Jesus, peace, prosperity, and joy become mine now. Amen. All right, point number five, because I have endured the test. See, testing is uh, what we have to go through. It's just a part of life. If you are a Christian and you don't go through tests, I don't know. I don't know what God you serve. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you're not a Christian, you go through tests. So you know good as well. And I say this all the time. 
when you get ready to do ministry, when you now, now I'm not saying I'm not talking about a title of ministry. I'm talking when you get ready to do something for God. What could be it? It could be start a business. Could be start a hair care line. Could be start a skincare line. Could be get another a job where you're gonna have influence. When you get ready to do something for God, the devil doesn't fall asleep and say, "Oh, well, let me not bother her or him." They just, you know, you just go get go get platform. You just go get your next level. And I'm just going to sit here and chill. No, you will have opposition. According to uh, Revelation, you will have opposition. According to the Bible, just read the Bible. Everybody had opposition who had greatness on their life. They had opposition before. They had opposition during. And they had opposition afterwards because they left a legacy for other, to other mantles to be picked up. And those people had opposition. So opposition is just a part of your 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 your. Your, your journey as a Christian, it's just, it just is, right? But what God has to do, he has to allow certain tests so that we be prepared and we have a resilience and an endurance, uh, excuse me, we have a resilience and an endurance to not give up because you're not going to be successful in Christ without opposition. It just happens that way. So God has, now I, was, I was praying, I said, God, now I know I heard you concerning this matter. But what I don't understand is why have I heard you? Now I said this before one of my lives. I don't know if it was the last one. I don't remember which one it was. But I said, I heard you concerning this matter. But why is it that I'm going through this, but I heard you before I got into this thing? What I, See, I will see, I, I heard you. And so my God said, and I'm paraphrasing. So he said, daughter, he said, the problem is, is in your perception. So you think I'm just going to lead you into a place of prosperity. And I am. But I'm also going to lead you into a time of testing because I have to prepare you for your next. So you cannot walk into a next level of influence, of dominion, of success, of authority without being prepared. So I have to lead you into the test. So he also uh, reminded me of scripture when Jesus' ministry was getting ready to start after he had gotten baptized. And then uh, God the Father said, uh, this is my son to whom I'm well pleased. The scripture says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested of the enemy. What? He was led into the wilderness to be tested of the enemy? Yes, he, to be tested of the enemy. He was not led into the wilderness to have joy and, 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 and prosperity and to the next level of riches, wealth, and fame. He was led into, the, and that's what we want. I, and I, I'll be the first to admit, I think God is leading me. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm, I'm shouting like the rest of the week. Hallelujah, my next, hallelujah, my next level. We shout and pray. And I don't really shout. I can do it on my, in my seat, but I really have two left feet in real life. So I just, you know, I clap my hands with the rest of the folk. <laughs> but that's what we do. We in show, we follow God. It's going to give me my next, my business is getting ready to grow. I'm getting ready to walk in a greater anointing. Hallelujah. I'm getting ready to have more money. Hey, glory. I'm getting ready to travel all around people. But no money. Oh, hallelujah. We fall. Thank you, Jimmy. Fall out. Hey, glory. First of all, <laughs> God, listen to me. Listen to me. You have to, God tests you and he allows you to go through trials to prepare you. And if Jesus had to go through the test, so do we. Another scripture, and I believe it's in Numbers, it's in Numbers and it's in Deuteronomy. It talks about how God told the people of Israel, um, I, I didn't just take you on a journey. I took you on the long way to prove your character, to teach you to trust, to teach you to know that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So you have victory, but also understand oftentimes God leads us into hard places. 
It's a part of the process to develop us. However, there is a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end to your test. And then you have a season of, 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 of real growth, but you'll be prepared and anointed. So people will look at you like, how she get that anointed? How she get that confidence? So that just don't come from reading a whole bunch of books. That just don't come from reading, have a whole bunch of degrees. And I have four degrees, so I'm not I'm not knocking degree people. And that, that doesn't just come from having a title. And I'm not just like, you know, that, that anointing. See, people can give you a title, but they can't give you an anointing. They can give you a degree that a, a degree that you earn, but they can't give you an anointing. You can take every class there is. You can take every coaching class, every leadership development class. I'm not knocking them because I have some myself that I've created. I'm not knocking that. You can take everything, but you can that gives you information. It will never increase you into the anointing like a testing can in the trial from God. So as I said, even as you're pursuing degrees and as you're pursuing God's best for you, and as you're pursuing this next platform in life, and as you're pursuing like whatever it is that I say pursue, when I see people doing great things, I don't always comment on everything, everything someone else is doing. I just do. I don't. I'm not a hater. It's just that not a part of my, I just don't. I don't know why. I just don't. But whatever God is getting ready to do, pursue that thing. Pursue that thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And regardless of what people say, people say you're not going to make it or you can't do it or whatever, whatever. Keep pursuing. Who cares what people say? But understand that as you are pursuing and I, as God is giving you direction, understand that you will have tests and you will have trials. And as long as you determine not to give up all that information that you got, as well as the trial, it'll create a supernatural manifestation of presence, of of, of success, of, 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 you know, stuff coming to your hands. You know, so I got some haters. I don't really deal with my haters because I don't really care if you don't like me. I really don't. But there's some people that are hating on me for my success, but they don't understand that there was a journey that I had to take. And it's not, there was a journey. And I went, I, and I, I, I don't, when I'm doing stuff, I, I literally, when you know Samaria done something, it's literally at the end. Like, you may know I have a book coming out and it's going to be out in like a month. Like, you don't know the behind the scenes of me studying or the things I had to do or no one knows that I waited 10 years, probably more than that, to start a business, but I was still planning and writing in my journal, having visions, having dreams and going, getting off of work and then going to my next thing, going to the gym and then going to the next thing and then staying up to three o'clock in the morning. Nobody knows that. But then the haters want to come along when they see you driving nice, when they, think, when they see you wearing nice, when they see you got a nice whatever, then they're going to be mad. Like, how she get that? Because she was working hard because she endured a trial. You know, my pastor says this all the time, people want your success, but they don't want your journey. And it's okay. I want everybody to succeed. I'm just telling you that your success cannot does not come when, it, when it's through God. Your success does not come. You will have disappointments. You will cry some tears. You will have people that say, why are you doing that? Like you have people that look at you and they try to make you seem small. Like, oh, you still doing that little business again? I never forget. It was, it was, I was, it was funny. I was not offended. They were like, ask somebody. Now this person follows me on all social media platforms. I mean, Facebook, Instagram. I don't know about YouTube, but I'm pretty sure they do. Like, yeah, which I'm not mad. Hey, follow me. You know, learn something. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade. I'm just like, learn something. And they're like, oh, so are you still doing that little thing again? You know, goodness well, you follow me on all platforms. And the only thing I really talk about with passion is something in line with my purpose. And I always talk about my business. Not that I'm bragging. I'm just so excited. That God finally gave me a business out of everybody. Everybody was starting business around me. They were doing this, that, and that. And I'm like, God, where's my business? And he finally gave it to me. <laughs> he finally gave it to me. So, you know, but the point I make with all that is that sometimes people play you small. 
but there's an anointing that's going to come because you endure the test. You endure the test. And when you really endure the test, you have a sense of wholeness. So you're not mad that people don't like you or you're not mad at people that hate because the people that hate you, they think you just got it easy. Or they think like, why me and not her? But you got to be consistent and you got to be consistent in, in the same thing over time. You can't just be, I'm going to do this today, then I'm that tomorrow, then I'm that today, that ain't God. See, once you're consistent, most of the time you don't see results right away. When you first start doing things, when you first start, you just don't see. I'm, that's my story. I, I, I can't, I don't really know a whole lot of people that uh, where I see people that are successful that I know, but I think some of them I actually know the backstory and I know this person wasn't where they are right now. I not and I congratulate them. No, no hate at all. But I know that there was a backstory where they didn't start off. It wasn't like uh, let me start this business today, let me start this ministry today, let me and this and this, you know, the next day, like thousands of people showed up and they would travel around the world. Like that that didn't happen that way. They still had to be consistent over time. And as a part of your consistency, you have to patiently endure the test. And a lot of the tests are tests that God sends us into. And it's hard because we want to be like, God, but why? We all have our Job seasons. It's just a part of it. And it doesn't, and, and like I said, there's a beginning, middle, end. But guess what? You survive one test. And then as you go along, you may have another one. Because God gives you, because God has to expand your capacity. And expanding your capacity is hurt, but not just falling out three times, running around the church four times, giving you a hundred dollar seed three times, and then you know attending somebody's fifteen hundred dollar a coaching program. Nothing wrong with that. That that gives you information. But when it's an anointing, you understand. Let your information and your anointing let that be the promising thing. Okay. So what was scripture reference? I just I went off on a tangent. <laughs> um, John one twelve. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. God blesses those, James 1.12, y'all, those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Okay? There's another scripture in uh, in, first, in Peter that says, think it not strange, these testings and trials that you're going through. So don't be like, oh my God, why am I going? This is strange. I shouldn't be going through this. <laughs> trials is not just for poor people they're for everybody all of us okay you're gonna go through some trials okay um now combine um uh, point six and seven together i'm gonna read the scripture context then i'm gonna declare the word over that so the other thing is because you endured it but because there is joy ahead so you have to look at you know the, the, the scripture of how jesus despised the shame uh, focusing on the joy ahead of him. He focused on the purpose of the why he was on the cross. Okay. Uh, because uh, point number seven is because my faith is genuine. I don't have manufactured faith. You know, I may have, you, you may not have, but a, but a mustard seed faith, but you don't have fake faith. That means, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you really do have faith in God. I don't know how you're going to get me out of this situation, but I know I, I, I I have trust in God. Everything that you have in your life, faith is required for that. But when your faith is genuine, it comes from a pure place with pure motives, God is going to bless you. So another scripture reference is First uh, Peter 1, 6 and 7. And there's so many weak scriptures. We could take one little point and do a whole other live on each of them. We only want to tip. We're going to do little tips, okay? Because for the sake of time, right? So First Peter 1, 6 and 7. So be truly glad. Do I be truly glad? Um, and I believe this is a New Living Translation, I believe. So be truly glad that there is a wonderful, what joy? What's that word again? Ahead, what's ahead of me? Joy 
ahead, even though you um, you have gone through in the and I highlighted many trials, many trials for a while. This is definitely New Living Translation. This is not King James language, but we don't work with it. But it, I, and I highlighted you've gone through not one trial, not two trials, not three trials, many trials. A lot of people don't know some of the things I've gone through. I, they don't. They, they really don't. I don't. I don't advertise. I don't. I just know me and Jesus. We talk about these things. I'm like, God, you remember I went through that? And you remember I went through that five years ago? You remember I went through that ten years ago? God, you have brought me out. You have endured many trials. Point number, uh, not point number seven, but verse seven. Remember, First Peter one six and seven. These trials show that your faith is genuine. So how do you know that your faith is genuine? It's because you've endured trial. To people that have trials and tribulations, they just give up. Your faith ain't genuine. You ain't never really had faith. See, if you can see it, I'm not talking about see it. If you know how you're going to get it done, you know how you're going to establish it, you know how you're going to do it, that doesn't, you don't believe faith for that. Faith is when you have a belief system and hope and you trust God, even though you don't know how he's going to do it. But these trials will show that your faith is genuine and your genuine faith is being tested. Watch this as fire, as being tested, as, excuse me, as gold is purified, right? Let me tell you about this. I'm, I'm breaking the scripture up, but I used to work in a jewelry count. I love jewelry, by the way. <laughs> uh, I used to work in a jewelry count. This is, oh, I won't tell you how this is a long time ago. <laughs> this is years ago when I was going to undergrad and graduate school. I used to work in retail because they gave me the most um, flexible schedule. So if I had like classes from 9 to 12, I could, you know, go to work at 1 or something like that. So I worked in jewelry counters and I worked at like, you know, JCPenney's and all that. And I learned a lot about how jewelry is purified. And one of the things I learned that gold jewelry, it comes and naturally comes with impurities in it. And so what the maker has to do, it has to take the impurities out so it is uh, valuable or sellable to the average consumer. And the, uh, so what happens is that, the, 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 you know, however they get the gold, they, they have to mold it to what it wants it to be, like a ring or, or a watch or, a, a, you know, jewelry or necklace, whatever. It has to do that. But what, what they also have to do is melt it down to take the impurities out. So they put it in this kind of, I don't know what it's called, a kennel, and they put the gold in and they make it down to liquid form. And they put, I mean, they melt it down, they put it in the furnace of fire, okay, and they, and they make it liquid. The impurities come to the top. What the, what the maker does, takes it out once it is still a liquid form, wipes the impurities off and puts it back into the fire. Does all, and does it over and over again until it gets it to the, the consistency to the, the consistency that he wants it to be. Okay, now the more the less impurities in jewelry, the more valuable it becomes. Okay, the less impurities. And uh, so, for example, there are more imp impurities in 10 karat gold because it's cheap. Okay, and it doesn't. It, it has more impurities in it. But the, when you go up, fourteen karat gold gets more expensive. When you go to uh, eighteen karat gold, gets more expensive. Twenty-four karat gold gets more expensive. Why? It becomes more valuable because it has less impurities in it. And when the Bible talks about in First Peter six and seven, God is purifying us as gold. We are we are going to have impurities and sins and proclivities and hurts and emotional wounds in us. They're going to be there because we are part of a fallen nature. We are part of a fallen world. But the more we submit to the Master of Jesus, He puts us in the trial. 
And he puts us in a trial in the ferny, uh, fiery furnace of life to take the impurities out of us. And we have to submit to the process because what happens is we're going to be purified as pure gold. Most gold has some kind of impurities, impurity in it, even though it's been pure, it's, it's gone through this process. But God is saying, when I get done with you, you're not going to be gold with impurities in it. You're going to be so purified. You're going to be pure as pure gold. God has to take us to the trial. So in the Bible says, again, says, we are more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it then brings you, watch it, then it's going to bring you to praise, to glory, and to honor. So yes, we're going to praise God. We're going to glorify God and we're going to honor him. But also God positions you to be in a place where you're going to be praised for the work that you do in Christ. You're going to receive glory for the works that you do do in Christ. And you're going to receive honor, positions, platforms, and prosperity because what you do through Christ. But it's not going to happen if you haven't endured. So I declare according to 1 Peter 1, 1 and 6, uh, excuse me, I declare according to 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, I declare according to James 1, uh, 1 and 12 that you are enduring the test. And I declare that you shall not give up. And I declare that praise, glory, and honor are my rewards. Praise, glory, and your are your rewards for enduring the test that you've had to go through. All right. So that was 5, 6, and 7. We only got three more. We're doing good. Why, why do I have victory in Jesus? Why do I have victory in Jesus? One is because the blessing of the Lord rests upon my life. The blessing of the Lord rests upon my life. What does that mean? It simply means this. I'm sorry. Y'all can hear kids in the background. I don't know if y'all can hear it or not, but um, those little kids outside. We're going to keep moving. <laughs> but it's the blessing of the Lord rest upon my life. And there are, two, there are different types of blessings. Okay, let's be clear about this. Everyone does not have the blessing. We all are blessed in some capacity. So every morning you wake up, uh, there you have food, you have food over on your, hopefully you have food today. You have a shelter to live in. You are breathing. You are alive. You're on this side of the earth, um, you know, and you're not six feet under. You know, you may not have everything you want, but you are still blessed. That's, 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 our, that's our grace blessing. But then there comes a blessing that is rest upon our, upon our lives. Most people call it the blessing of Abraham that rests upon our lives as a result of enduring the test or enduring the process that God takes us through. And that is the blessing that I'm referring to. So the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Uh, Proverbs 10, 22. You're going to get to a place. Now declare according to Proverbs 20, 10, 22. Every area of your life is going to be blessed. Every area of your life is blessed. Your money is blessed. Your finances are blessed. Your, your resources are blessed. Your business is blessed. I declare uh, your relationships are blessed. I declare even now your relationships are blessed. One thing I'm doing in this season, which I've done, is like if you don't have capacity for me, I love you. Uh, care about you, but I, re I recognize the light is shown upon people just don't have capacity. I love you, but you have capacity to be here with me, but you, but God has taken me somewhere and God's allowed these trials, uh, allow me to go through these trials because I realized that I really, I just, I don't have any ill, I don't have any uh, any, any, any vengeance or, or bitterness in my heart, but I recognize that you don't have capacity for where God wants me to be. See, I'm going somewhere. I have a weight, a weight of glory, a weight of an anointing 
a weight of authority, a a a a a, a place that God is taking me. And I realized that some people that have connected to me that I have to disconnect from that I already had disconnected from because they don't have capacity for me. So I declare the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. And I declare even now that and now and in the days to come, you're going to see supernatural blessings uh, begin to manifest in your life in the name of Jesus. Point number 10. The reason why you have victory is because you don't have to fight. You know, I was talking, I think it was to, <laughs> this is true, y'all. I was talking to my dad the other day. Not the other day, a couple weeks ago. And he was like, you know what, Samantha, we had a real good conversation. He was saying, you know, and I won't tell you the whole conversation, but it was really, really good. My dad said, you know what, Samaria, I can honestly say, had it not been for God, he could, you know, that situation that I experienced would have went a whole other way. Now, I know y'all can think it's crazy, but, you know, <laughs> I have been the type, I'm, I'm very nice. I'm a very nice person. But I've been the kind of person where I think that oftentimes I've been so kind to people and I'm so giving and I'm so caring and I'm so about, oh, Jesus, people will try you. People try you. Oh, Lord, they try you. And I've had to tell myself, I, you know, I, I'm nice, but I ain't never been stupid. I never been stupid. I'm very, 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 very intelligent. And I really had to pray and be like, God, if you, how about shot? If you, I mean, you just got to pray and you got to talk to yourself. Like, you don't understand. Like, I ain't no punk. Like, you understand what I'm saying? You ever had a conversation in your head? Like, to me, they think, it, they think you just, you done fell off the earth yesterday. They think you, you, you got these scriptures quoting and you got these degrees and you got this business and you're professional. These bammers think that you ain't really hood. So, <laughs> So I had to really have a conversation with myself. But listen, um, have you really want to, let's be honest, have you really want to fight somebody? Oh, you just, you, you real nasty. Let me just, I'm about to, hold on, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and show you that you trying the wrong one. <laughs> and I'm really, I'm very professional most of the time, but I had some people do some dirty stuff. And I'll be like, First of all, my God, from Zion, like you had to talk yourself down. So I had to do that because I don't want listen. <laughs> I had a client one time. This is this is true facts. So like she got into it with somebody, and she was like, "Listen, ma'am, you don't want to come for somebody who ain't got nothing to lose." And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> you don't come for somebody that ain't got nothing to lose." So anyway, so what I'm trying to say is, you don't have to fight nobody. You don't have to tell people who you are. And I had to say that. Like, how like, how dare you say that about me? Like, who are you? Like, I'm I'm Samaria. Like that, I did that for real. I had to say Samaria. Sometimes you gotta talk to yourself, basically. Is that okay? Uh at least I did. I mean, you if that's not, not your story, you had to talk yourself down off of fighting somebody. <laughs> or really want to just like not be Christian for about five minutes. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't your story. But I've had to really like uh say to myself, one one God is going to fight for me. Number one, I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to prove myself. And that's true for you. You don't have to tell people who you are. Most of the people that don't like you or they do like you, they have some inkling of who you are. You don't have to say, I, first of all, I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? You, ain't got, you don't have to prove yourself. Be quiet. I remember this couple weeks ago, I had um, 
I had, <laughs> this is true. I had this neighbor who did something so ratchet. It was just ratchet. And I was like, something is wrong with you. I don't know you. What is wrong with you? So he was trying. My gangster, like, you understand what I'm saying? He didn't, he didn't, he was just trying me. And I wanted to, like, I, I remember just sitting in my car for like two minutes. And I heard God say, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Just walk, just walk in the house. Just walk in the house. A part of me want to get outside my car and lay this man out crossways. But the Lord said, don't say nothing. <laughs> you don't have to fight. Listen to me. Don't have to fight. When you take matters into your own hands, then you then you, you won't get victory at the end of the day. And then you give your haters victory. The ones that lie about you and say, oh, you did, she's such and such. She this and that. She's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. You give them the victory. But you keep your mouth shut because God is going to fight your battles for you. And when he does it, he does it. I mean, he shown up, does it. And you don't have to fight. You just have to lean on what God said. What scripture am I reading? Second Chronicles 2017. Ye shall not fight this battle. Set yourself. That's the word. Set yourself firm. Don't go bop that. What you ain't never that that. And this is why you bop bop. Like, don't do that. God gonna fight you. He's saying you don't need to fight this battle. Set yourself. I think that's King James. Set yourself. Stand still. Don't move. Don't to the left. Don't move to the right. Don't pop your neck. Like, first of all, like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't do that. Just be calm. Let them play you like you stupid. Don't, look in, in contact, in contact, just be still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. Okay. All right, well, you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord is with you. When you set yourself and be still, God is going to do it for you. He is going to make the crooked ways straight. Don't bother don't try to go tick for tack. Just stand still. Let them think that you don't know nothing. Watch God move on your behalf. I've seen it happen in my own life. I have seen it happen in my own life. I have had people to come against me. I never got had this one supervisor come against me. And she was like real nasty. Six months later, the whole company, the, I'm not six, I don't know if it was six months later, but sometime later, maybe it was a couple months, the whole, whole, whole department didn't even exist. And those supervisor did the same thing. The exact same thing happens. I'm not wishing anything on my enemy. I'm just telling you that when God does it, he does it. So I declare, according to 2 Chronicles 2017, that you're not going to have to fight this battle. Tell it to your heart. I'm not going to have to fight this battle. God is on your side. And even in the days to come, you're going to see God's hand begin to move on your behalf. That's 2 Chronicles 2017. What's my time? Okay, we're almost done. Um, this is for my people. Last point. And then we're going to do it to what should I do? And then we're going to be done, done, done for real. Um, this is how people that worry about what am I going to do as far as my, like, what am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do as far as your needs being met? Okay. This is for the people who experience anxiety. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my God. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I'm I need, and I can't, and I can't, and I can't afford. Blah, 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 blah. This is for you. 
Point number 10, you have victory because God shall, because God supplied my needs and God supplies your needs and therefore you will lack nothing. You will lack nothing. So scripture reference, uh, Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. How many needs? All my needs. I would listen to another someone teaching, and um, and they, they're powerful, but they were saying God does not pay cell phone bills. And I, and I understand the context, but how what they were by, of how they were saying they were saying like we got to believe God for bigger and for bigger businesses and things, not just like God paying the cell phone bill. But guess what? God does pay cell phone bills because according to Philippians four nineteen, well, remember Scripture is is where we need to land on. He supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Not some, not just the big needs, not just the big ones, all. So if the scripture says all my needs, he literally means all my needs. So if you need a cell phone paid, God will do that. But if you need a house to stay in, God will do that. But if you need food in your refrigerator, God will do that too, because he is just that God. He does not just focus on big things and not look at your little things. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Now he will use people. Oftentimes he will use, he will favor, uh, he will favor you and use people to release that favor oftentimes. Or he can just do it himself. But my God, if the scripture says all, it means all, all. Okay. Also, uh, Psalm 37, 25 says, I was young. David said this with a scripture. David said, I was young and now I am old yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. That means that I'm not going to be begging, borrowing, or pleading for anybody to do anything. I don't beg, borrow, plead people to be a part of my life. If you want to be a part of my life, you will be. If I want you there, I don't beg, borrow, or plead for anything, neither do you. You can be persistent in pursuing what God has for you, but you ain't got to be no beggar. You know why? Because of Psalm 37, 25, God's seed does not, are not beggars. So I declare according to Philippians 4, 19 and Psalms 37, 25, that God should supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In the next, so I come in through the fear and anxiety and worry and the what is of life. I declare even now, I come against it and I release the spirit of God because my God should supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. All right. So those are, if y'all, if you don't know, you have victory in Jesus after that. I don't know what to tell you. Now, that was just a few scripts. We could just, you could just, this is why it's so important that you have a personal relationship with God according to the scripture and the examples found in the word of God. And you read your word because those are the promises of God. Those are the promises of God. All right. So last thing, what should I do? What should I do? Okay, not gonna take us long. We'll go through this real quick. One, you gotta determine in your heart. I will not give up. Determine. You gotta say, I will. You gotta talk to yourself. I'm not going to give up. Period. Point blank. Sometimes you gotta jack your own self up, put your own, and be like, you're not doing this today. We are gonna put our big girl panties on. We are gonna put our shoes on. We are gonna get ready. We are gonna do life. We are gonna go to this business. We're going to keep flowing and growing. We're going to do, we going to do this. What we're not going to do is give up. Guess what? People that really don't like in your head, they want you to give up so bad so they can say, see, I told you so. But guess what? You got to turn in your heart. I will not give up. And that's in your spirit, man. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if everyone around me gives up. I will not give up. 
I will not do it. Put yourself in remembrance of God. So this is what I said. Not time my clients all look back over your life uh, and look at how where there are other times in your life where you know what we're gonna do. You know what we you didn't know and you didn't have a clue. And God did it. I was telling one of my clients recently, like remember September 11th. We all know what happened where we were on September 11, 20, uh, 2001. I remember where I was. The, I don't remember what I did. I remember the books. I remember I was at, at college, but I remember I went to the college books. So I remember looking around. I remember. And everyone was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? But guess, guess, guess what? We got through it. We didn't go back to normal. We went to a new normal. But we got through. So look back over that there are times in your life someone died, something happened. You know, you you have you have to put yourself in remembrance of your past victories. You had times of uncertainty in the past. You have time had maybe had times that were worse than the ones you're going through right now. But if you remember, you can easily say, I know God got me through that, and I didn't know how he was gonna do it. I know goodness will help you to do this. All right, you gotta forgive. Listen, if you don't forgive people, now let me go back. Forgiveness is not earned, it's granted. And you gotta give forgive people that are not sorry. You really do. You gotta forgive people that think they ain't done nothing wrong. They just going about business. I I I, I just don't I, I keep was telling God, I don't understand why somebody can do something so dirty and then turn around and quote scripture about how God is blessing them. I just don't understand that. Lord, I, uh oh. So, y'all, if y'all could hear, hear that, it's my name's Carl. This is a very good mic. It picks up on everything. <laughs> I got to fix that. Um, But I remember like saying, I don't understand how you could be so dirty and just evil and then turn around and quote scripture. So those are the people where it gets hard to forgive. But guess what? You got to forgive anyone because you don't want to give anyone control. You don't want to give anyone that authority in your life to begin to, because then they have the power. So you forgive. It's one thing to forgive people that they are sorry. It's nothing to give, forgive somebody that are, is not sorry. And then they apologize. Then they on to the next thing. They do something else. You still got to forgive. Now, again, trust is, is you don't have to trust people. Some people have proven themselves to be not trustworthy. And you also don't have to reestablish relationships. There's some people like, listen, break up, boyfriend, whatever. Uh, we're not meant to be together. We're not meant to be friends. We have a different life. I bless your whole life. God bless you. We're not really meant to hang out, but it doesn't mean I have any ill will towards you. Okay. A prime example is that of Abraham and Lot. If you look at the dynamics, Abraham was uh, was like a father figure to Lot because Lot's parents had died. Now, for those who don't know Lot, Lot's um, Lot was named uh, Abraham's. So Abraham was Lot's uncle, but they kept getting in conflict, and Abraham had to come and keep rescuing him, and then go back and do his thing. Then he'd go rescue him again, and go, and eventually they just had to separate because there was conflict. Lot couldn't get himself together, and Abraham had to go forward into the promises of God. So you see them together, and at some point, you see Lot. You don't hear from Lot after that because they, they separate. So sometimes you forget people. You do have to separate yourself because they're just not a part of your future. You were part of my past. We outgrew each other. You stood about that struggle bus. I'm not, and I can't. Some people you can't even have conversations about what God is doing, or what God is because they just they struggling. And you, you know what I'm saying? They just they just struggling, and they can't receive it like that. Okay. Look for open doors. You know, the Bible said, I think it's James 2, 26, you know, 
Hopefully I'm not wrong with that. But um, you have to look for faith without works is dead is what it says. So I can't say I'm having faith and I'm not looking. I can I have not had faith for that new job, but I'm not looking for other opportunities. So yes, you have to have faith, but also pursue something else if it's God's will for you to pursue, because faith without works, your like faith and works have to work together, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, praise God for victory. Now, the old folks used to don't wait till the 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 trial is over. Praise Him now. That's a real thing. Don't you don't stop praising God when you get the victory. You, you praise God before the victory. As a matter of fact, sometimes praising God before the victory will get you to the victory. Okay, I remember some years ago I was believing God for something and I, doors kept slamming, doors kept slamming, doors kept slamming. And I said, God, I just want to do that. This is what I need. And I heard God say, He said, just worship me, just worship me. And so I just get to worship. So the point I make with all that is praise God now. Know that you have the victory and praise God now. You know, praise God is when you praise God for what he's done. Worship is when you praise God for who he is. Do a combination of both. But don't wait until the fire or the, 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 the uh, what is it? The trial is over. Praise him. What? Now. Okay. Now I'm going to combine five, six, seven, eight. And nine, <laughs> uh, it's gonna make sense of it as to why, and then we're almost done. Uh, so five, six, seven, eight, and nine go this praise God. We said praise God, I said that, but don't worry, pray, keep praying, and then keep praying. Uh, have peace about it, declare peace over your life. Uh, keep praying, peace, are y'all? Keep praying, peace, 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 and then fix your thoughts. So, what do I mean by that? Uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So what's the word? Don't worry. Pray about what? Not something, everything. Tell God what you need. Then say, wait till it comes. And then it says, thank him what for what he has already done. Oh, thank him what he's done, but thank him what he's already done. You know it's He's going to supply it. You know he's going to do it. Thank him for it. Uh, verse number seven, seven then, then it says, then, so after I praise, after I, after I determine not to worry, I pray, I tell God, I thank him, then you will experience, verse seven, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Okay, you can have peace in a situation that is not peaceable. Okay, his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live what in Christ Jesus. That's a good one right there. And now, brothers, verse number eight, brothers, one final thing. So after he told what to do, after we talk about peace, then he says this, you got to determine to fix your mind. So watch it. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your mind on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, and what is admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and are worthy of praise. So it simply means this, I got to determine to fix my mind. After I pray about it, after uh, the peace comes, sometimes what happens when you go through things, uh, your mind wants to go backwards. And we want to ruminate. And we want to come to terms with it. And we want to say, don't worry, I don't understand. Your mind will go left even after you prayed about it. So you have to keep, no, I'm going to fix my mind. Nope, I'm going to fix my mind. And I keep pulling your mind back into subjection. The Bible is casting down vain imagination. Everything exalted itself above the knowledge of God. So you have to keep you, get, you gotta tell you, no, mom, we're not going there today. I'm not thinking about that today. I've already prayed about that. So fix your mind. And lastly, you have the victory. You have 
the victory. You have to tell you that I have the victory. Nope, I have the victory. Listen, before promotion, this is really, really important that some of you, including myself, you're getting ready to operate another level of promotion. God's getting ready to take you to another level of promise. You're getting ready to go to forward another level of whatever it is God has for you. You're getting ready to walk into it. But before you are ushered into that because of how great and massive and what is required of that, you have to be humbled first. They don't tell you about that when I give you, you know, five steps to a better life and just, you know, just do this. And it, it's not, it's not that easy before God is getting ready to elevate you. Paul said that he said, um, he said there isn't an, an effectual door that's being opened unto me, but with it comes many adversaries. So we want the door, but also understand it comes with adversaries. So God has to prepare us. So oftentimes the reason why we experience the humbling process is because it's preparing us. So remember, before I'm getting ready to be elevated into this next level of promotion, often God allows the humbling. Okay, so let it go. Don't despise what God allows. When I say let go, let go of people. Let go of people who are not a part of your journey. There's some people, they're Christians, so I'm not. Some people love God, does not mean that they're part of your purpose. You know what I believe God is doing for me? Because I have progressed past a certain place. And I truly believe that God is making space or room for Samaria for people who have capacity. Because the truth of the matter is I'm around a lot of people. I don't have a lot of people who have capacity for what God has taken. So I can there's some people I just really like if God does something great and miraculous for me. There are people I really like I know for sure I can't call. Because I, I just I you know what I'm saying? They because I know them backing up and they be like, oh that's great. But then they were like, hmm. And then they start uh, like thinking of ways of what I can do against them. They don't know it, but they do. So I'm so God is sending people in my life who have capacity, who are not intimidated, but who also are not jealous, who are not envious, who are not uh, feeling some kind of way. And because iron shoppers, iron, I'm not envious or jealous of anybody. Like if you got a business, I'm like praise God. If you doing, if you writing a book, I'm like God bless. I'm not like well. well if you buying a house, God bless you. I'm I'm not that person. So I'm so God has made capacity for me for people who have that level of understanding. Because the truth of the matter, I'm being honest, the truth of the matter is I got people that are like that to me who have been because they're gone. Who have been who are so jealous of everything. I really can, I know I can't call them and be like, hey, oh my God, look at God did. I'm not, I'm not even bragging. I just be so humbled and grateful. And they be like, hmm. Okay, she go bragging again because she knows she arrogant and she and she this blah blah blah. So God has to make room for you for people who have capacity for you, and you don't have to keep uh, 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 explaining. No, that ain't, that ain't really what I meant by that. I was just so excited, and I didn't even know God was going to do that. And He just oh, He just blew my mind. And, and you want somebody to come alongside you, like yes, girl, yes, girl, awesome. What can I do to help? You need me to show up at your event. You need me to volunteer? Like, I'm that person. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I really believe you, I'm, uh, you know, I've been, you know, COVID stopped my time a little bit, but I've been super, 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 super busy. You know, before then, even now I'm going back to being really, like, busy again. But if I know something's going on with somebody, I'm like, no, just, just tell me, just tell me in advance and I will make time in my schedule. Like for this, I'm that person that I will look out for you, but I've also learned uh, in my giving, if I've given to the wrong person, they become entitled. 
They become nasty. So I don't mind giving people, don't be nasty after I done gave to you and make it sound like you've done something for me. Like I can call it, like, you know what I'm saying? We not even on the same playing field, but that's a whole different, that's a different, that's a different life or a different time. We have to talk about that. So I'm a giver, but I'm the type of person where what I would give to other people, I want people like that who can give to me in that, in that same capacity, even if I never need it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need you to show up at my, uh, you know, at my office and, 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 and whatever, but I would do that for someone else if I, you know what I'm saying? So, so God has to make room for people who really truly have capacity for you. Everybody talking don't have capacity. And it doesn't, you, you, they're not, you don't have to always hate it. I don't understand. Just know where they are and know that God is putting people in your life who have capacity. I also want to connect with people who have more, who are more successful than me and they don't want nothing from me. I'm tired of people who want something from me. Can I, can I borrow, do you mind? And I'm sacrificing, or at times when I'm sacrificing, and these bams couldn't sacrifice his phone call. See, God is just, he's just, I have so many, so many revelations that I'm just like, not, I'm not going to do anymore. But that comes through the process of being humbled because I'm taking you to the next place. You got to let this go. And you gotta let that go, and you gotta let that mentality go, and you gotta let this mentality go. And I'm taking you here, and I'm giving you capacity here, or I'm teaching you how to deal with these type of people here because you're gonna have many people who are like that over here, and you can't be blindsided. So I gotta humble you. But know at the end of the day, regardless of what you go through, you have victory in Jesus. You have victory in Jesus, regardless of what it looks like behind us, or around us, or in front of us. Even with this 2020 COVID that we got going on, that they told us will be over by now, but it's clearly not. You still have victory in Jesus. And at the end of the day, you're going to have manifestation. Stay focused, stay determined, and stay clear not to give up. All right, y'all. I'm Samaria M. Culver. Y'all know who I am. Uh, my, you, if you want to look at my website, www.samariacolver.com has a different things that I do. You can also again YouTube it. Uh, I think YouTube it and look at the playback. Okay, for those who watch it now, uh, always you know you can always watch the playback or share it or something like that. I think it's real good. So, and um, that's it. I don't know when I'll do another one. As the Lord leads, I'll do another one. Uh, if he doesn't, I won't do another one. <laughs> and uh, until maybe next year, but I'll, I'll just I'll just pray about it, okay? Thank you so much. God bless you and have a wonderful remainder of your Sunday. Bye.